you can choose to be a single parent or you can be an independent parent. And when you choose to be an independent parent, that means you have choices. The future belongs to those who control the culture and the culture belongs to those who control the conversation. So we are having the conversations you wish you could have at church to build a safe and vibrant community. This is the Oz Table Talk podcast. All right, welcome to another episode of Table Talk. Now, uh, this particular episode is uh, is an interview, and often the interviews we have are like over the phone or whatever. But this is awesome because I actually get to be in the same room as the person I'm interviewing, and so I'm interviewing Rose. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Luke. Um, handshake. No, handshake. You can't see it, but trust me, we did. <laughs> so. This all started, uh, just, I want to give you guys a little bit of context because this all started uh, on the weekend. We were at church and, and Rose is up in the area visiting family and, and Rose shared some of her perspective on single parenting uh, or independent parenting. And we'll explore that a little bit as we go through. But I was just really impressed by her perspective on it. And I thought this is something that would be great to have in the show. So, oh, thank you, Luke. Yeah. I'm very blessed to be here. Thank and um, I'm excited to share my small snippet that will hopefully lead to something bigger. Yeah. Well, just so that people can get a, a bit of a, a picture of you. Did you grow up in church? Like, yes. What was your yes. Um, experience then? I grew up in the Adventist church um, to a migrant parent. Mm -hmm. So the year that my mum came to Australia, the year I was born. So I was her first Australian baby. Um, So I was very, very blessed uh, Mm. to be here. Um, Grew up in an Adventist home. My grandparents were Adventist. Obviously, I know your story is a really big story, but generally speaking, how would you describe your, your experience sort of growing up Yeah. Look, I came from a a single parent home myself. So Mm. there was myself, my brother and my sister. I'm the middle child. We're pretty special, (laughs) I must say. Um, So we grew grew up in the um, Adventist church. Mum would take us regularly to church. Um, She was involved as much as she could be. Not a lot of um, support in some ways for her. There were people who who tried their best. Um, so that was sort of our, our experience. Mm. Um, and then my mum had, had met someone else and had a few more children. Mm. Um, and so that's sort of the little, little family, family background. Yeah, sure. And so like, obviously our, our, our initial conversation, you know, focused around this concept of single parenting. Yes. So, uh, but you use a different term. Yeah, you I use do. use the term independent parenting. Can yeah. you explain why or um, what that means exactly? Well, currently I have been what I call now independent parenting my my kids for the last eight years. Um, so I guess my um, ex-husband officially left 17 days after my, my children were born. Wow. Um, so happy Boxing Day, I guess. Um, and so I, I journeyed through that experience as I guess what what most people do in any traumatizing experience is, you know, sometimes a little bit mournful, um, and um, you know, you're, you're hard on yourself, and and the circumstances aren't always great. Um, but I remember as my children were older, and I had been working and committed myself to study to provide myself and my kids a better life. Um, 
and and I had turned up to their preschool and I remember um, just feeling so exhausted. Mm. Um, and I believe that I had already started the journey, but it was a real defining point in my life. Mm. And so I walked into my kid's preschool and I, you know, was having one of these days. And as a parent, you would know that you have these days anyway, Luca, mm -hmm. don't you? Yeah. But it was one of these extra special days <laughs> and I had walked in and I saw this um, lovely person who had cared for my kids all day. And I just said to the person, I said, I just... I'm exhausted. I'm tired. I, I I just don't know how I can go on. I I hate being a single parent. And this person lovingly put their arm around me and they said to me, um, "You can choose to be a single parent or you can be an independent parent. And when you choose to be an independent parent, that means you have choices." Um, and so that sort of stuck with with me. And so um, I like to use uh, that term that was given and blessed to me mm. in order to empower or set the foundation for anything else I do right. um, and to move away from pitting myself or, or mm. putting myself down unnecessarily through mm. my experience and life just in general. Mm. Okay. Well, I mean, that's, a, that's such a beautiful concept because so much of life success is, you know, whether you can perceive yourself to be, you know, in a victim state or, you know, actually being proactive and making choices. And that, that's a wonderful way of thinking about it. The nice thing about it is I get to make that choice every single day. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. And you have beautiful kids to, to show for it. You know, Thank that, you. That, 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 that lovely children. <laughs> Um, as as we speak, we're, we're recording here, and um, like you know, these guys have come over for, for dinner, you know, with with the family, and yeah. so you know, we can hear the kids in the next room. So. We can. <laughs> so as long as you guys can't hear them, that's fine. So we're trying not to be distracted by it. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't sound like anyone's dying out there, so we should be, we should be fine. Yay! Uh, yeah. Um, I want to I want to go back a little bit because you know one of the things that we talked about you know and I don't think it's necessarily the key here but I think it, it's it, it's important context. You you were sharing about you know you had a, a early experience with what you'd probably call you know very con a conservative view of of Christianity and and yes. purity culture if we want to yeah. put it that way. Um, I, I'm just curious as to what your experience was like being exposed to that and how that changed the way you thought and, and perhaps like the long-term ramifications that that had on your life. Yeah. Um, look, I, I think it's really important to recognize that um, life is a journey and a process. And, you know, our parents really do their best in giving us what they're able to. Mm. Um, I guess I had um, experienced... Um, what I felt at the time, um, you know, family trauma mm. and, and from that, um, an identity of myself that I look back on, um, and really would love to take that person back and to love them and hold them and care for them and give them some new fresh ideas. Mm. I guess that's sort of the, the benefit of having a couple of extra gray hairs these yeah. days, <laughs> a yeah. little bit of wisdom. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I guess we're talking about keeping yourself pure. Is that what we're talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. You, you were sharing, you know, you went to uh, Christian conferences and that sort of yeah. thing. And, and, you know, people were projecting this idea of what Christianity looked like in an ideal world, yeah. I guess. Yeah, yeah look, um, so my family, we were involved in a lot of conservative things over the years. And I guess I felt that, you know... Um, you know, not unless that my, my dress was the right length or that, you know, whether or not I had, you know, um, 
want something or not want something that I was going to be um, accepted and this this flavor had sort of come through into my identity and you know whether or not you were pure or not mm-hmm. um, and and so that really affected the way I saw saw God mm-hmm. and so um, when I had gone to a Christian conference I was heavily encouraged to go to a I guess a, a school that you know you could learn how to Bible work and, and all the rest and I just found that this this deep um, heavy load on on me that I was never really good enough mm. um, I had ended up meeting someone and we did the wrong thing mm. and I just felt that you know once you had done something wrong that you had to commit yourself to whatever that was and as mm. I've journeyed on I've learned that you know sin is not good right no it's not good um, however, the devil's really, really clever in hooking us deeper by saying that you can never leave that as well. Mm. And so with the mindset that I had grown up with and the mindset that I was experiencing, I felt that I wasn't able to liberate myself from this deep rejection of that I was not ever going to be good enough for anybody around, but also I was, I was never going to be loved by God. Mm. And so in that, I had actually stayed in a domestic violence relationship. And so how, how long was that your experience for? Um, let me have a think. It was years. It was years. It wasn't short. Yeah. So, yeah. you know. So what, what changed your thinking? Because obviously you got to some degree when, and you realized that this wasn't what God intended yeah. for me. So what, what pivoted that in your thinking? You know, it's really interesting, Luke, because as, as you journey through life, you would never, ever want anything to happen to your children. You know, you could, you could, well, I felt I could quite easily in some ways stay in whatever I was staying so long as I didn't have children and that things could not be repeated so that they didn't experience the, you know, the abandonment that I had from my, my husband at the time or the, um, you know, the constant running to the drug drug and alcohol rehabs or the constant not having enough money or having your, your personal items there one minute and gone the next. Um, so I really do believe that, um, you know, there's just something special that happens when you have children Mm. and, um, as, as a parent and, you know, experiencing, um, things in, in your past, I, I didn't want to hand that on as a third and fourth generation trauma for Mm. my kids. And so it really got to the point where, um, that, Although I incredibly love this person, love this person, um, and and still pray for the person even today, um, that it was just so important for the long term health of our family mm. to say that abuse is not okay. Yeah. And so my journey from making that decision to legally not being with that person on paper actually took. Um, around about two years and I remember standing in front of the mirror often not being able to look at myself until one day I just embraced it and realized that God was not okay with abuse of any sort that I was incredibly valuable and though I had to walk through the doors of divorce that I might appear to be a statistic inside the Adventist church and in inside of the world itself but to Jesus I wasn't a statistic yeah yeah. Oh, praise the Lord! <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I wish more people understood that, right? Like, because yeah. uh, and because, correct me if I'm wrong, but by the sound of it, that that wasn't 
that wasn't an easy thing for you to come to grips with, right? That like did that. No, not yeah, at all. I mean, that was a process. You know, nobody mm. really sits there going, you know, I want to be without a home, have two children, have no money and be a statistic. That's not really anybody's life goals. Mm. I guess at the end of the day, what you choose to do with them and who you choose to give it to really makes a difference. And so in that had also started a process of forgiveness that I never thought would actually happen. Yeah. Um, so yes. When you have been in a, in a position like you have, you know, yeah. where there's abuse involved, there's children involved, yep. there, there's, there's lots of, there's multifaceted issues, right? It's an ugly beast. It, it, it is an <laughs> ugly beast. So when you think about forgiveness, like, uh, you know, you mentioned that it was somewhat of a process. I know there's people that I talk to that struggle with forgiveness for people in their lives. Yeah. You know, what would you, like, how, how do you see as like the, the most valuable way to move forward towards forgiveness? Like, how do you think about that? Oh, wow. That's really loaded thank you Luke <laughs> um, look, and look I, if I was I, here to ask easy questions <laughs> we, wouldn't be, we wouldn't be here that's right um, uh, I would probably just say that first of all I don't have it down pat mm -hmm. whatsoever just like it's a choice every day for me to choose the wording of being an independent parent and empowering myself that it's a choice every day to exercise forgiveness and believe me Luke mm. God gives me lots of opportunities um <laughs> But I would probably say a pivotal point in my life um, in, in terms of forgiveness, especially particularly to my ex-husband, was when my children had come home from preschool and they had started asking me about their father. And I had, I had experienced, you know, I personally didn't know much about my father. Nothing much was said about my father. Nothing at times positive was said about my father. And so I really journeyed in being a second generation single parent mm. in what that was going to look like for my kids. Mm. And so I, in my mind, had made a clear choice that it was important in order to preserve as much of the good things that I remembered. And I had, um, in my mind, had chosen to remember the things that I loved about that person and why I love that person to be able to feed directly into the image of my kids. And so my kids had gone to preschool. They had come home. They started asking questions. And I've been honest with my kids the whole time and given them appropriate information. Mm. And I just said to them, look, I actually don't know where your, your father is. I said, however, God is big enough to take care of him. And I uh, said, so when we get home, we're going to pray for him. And Luke, if you're a fly on the wall, you would recognize that it was quite an, quite a picture. Yeah. Um, because, you know, forgiveness isn't easy because you get hurt for some reason. Whether yeah. it's because of unrealistic expectations or something has legitimately happened or a misunderstanding, people get hurt. Yeah. And so I was on my knees clasping my hands and literally hissing through my teeth for Jesus to take care of this person. Um, praise God for my kids. They didn't see the hissing, but praise God for God because my kids kept on asking this question. And so my source became Jesus in forgiveness. And I would only say that anybody's source in forgiveness is Jesus. And also talking to Jesus when you don't want to. You know, often when we have people who hurt us, mm. we really don't want to be praying for them. Yeah. Stoning, yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. Not generally yeah. praying for their health, their well-being. And I, I believe that there's a part of our heart that actually grows when we pray for someone 
who has hurt us so deeply. Yeah, that, that is a hard, hard thing. Yeah, and <laughs> I still that, get heaps of time, mm. opportunities to practice it today. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ah, wow. So when when that happened, you know, you, you, you became an independent mum. Yep. You, you started endeavouring on whatever that looked like mm-hmm. for you guys. Yep. What, what was your relationship like with God at that point? Were you relying on him at that point or was it still turbulent? Look, I love that God's a loving God. And even eight years on, I love that God's more of a loving God than I ever thought. And so, um, you know, I, I look at my kids and there are, there are things that they do. And I say, say, Lord, I don't know how you parents, you know, however many billion children you do at one point oh, in time. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> that's a huge yeah. amen and high five. Uh-huh, that's right. And uh, just to be clear, we love our kids. Yeah, we do. <laughs> Very much indeed. Yeah. And so I look at my kids and I go, look, when they are upset and, and they come to me and I get sometimes get frustrated with them, I, I just praise God that they've come to me. And so I, I heavily rely and at times even now rely on the verse that there are, there are days that God understands our groanings. There are days that we can't even articulate yeah. the words to say, I can't do it today or I don't know how to do it today, or I'm so angry at you at the moment for whatever reason. In my experience of the family situation that I had, the, the poor choices that I made for myself, um, uh, and the consequences that come with it, that God was always there. You know, I, He had never left me, even though there were times that I felt that He did, and yeah. I'd never left God. Yeah. Because I was still kicking and screaming the whole way. Yeah. Struggling is a good sign. There is still life. Yeah. Um, and and many of my conversations with God has been really not nice. And I've, but they've been honest. They were very honest, but they're not nice. Yeah. And my response yeah. from God has been, I'm so glad you came to sit with me and talk with me and tell me how you actually feel. Yeah. Um, because really there is no hiding from from God. Mm. A lot of the verse that kept me going for a while was the verse that says, you know, um, I will prosper you. And I'm like, Jesus, this is this is weird. This is not good prospering. <laughs> Until I read the context and realized that, that he was going to install riches and prosper while Israel were in captivity. Yeah. And I guess I just look at it and go, well, in my captivity of whatever mm. that looks like today and right now, mm within whatever prison gates it might be, what are the blessings that are there? And can you hold on to the promise enough to realize that there is a greater picture? Mm. You know, when we, when you see people cross stitch Mm. or do tapestry, you only see a nice surface. When Mm. you look at the back, you see the knots and the ties and the mixing of threads Mm. and things like that. Mm. So when, uh, you know, when you were going through this adjustment, I guess you call (laughs) it, um, what was the I, I don't know if you were attending church at the time, but what yep. was the what was the response of your church to to the new you, so to speak, or the situation you found yourself in? Yeah, um, look, I've always gone to church. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't say that it's always been a comfortable experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had a lot of questions that can be confronting when you're just trying to sort out what's in your own head, mm-hmm. and also trying to mentor your kids through whatever you're mm-hmm. going through. Um, I particularly was blessed by a particular situation where I had made a friend at church and we'd been a friend for a while and and she sort of watched my life disappear into whatever you want to call it 
Um, and then further on, I had she. I was introduced to her parents, who, when I had ended up in the circumstance that I did, had opened their home to me to bring my children home to their place. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was really confronting because at, at the circumstances around that was that um, I was virtually homeless, mm. um, pregnant with a set of twins, um, was living in a, a house boarding with people and my next step was actually the women's refuge. And mm. so um, my decision in, and it was my choice because they had given me the choice to whether or not I stay with them or, or mm. go to the women's refuge was, which was the worser of the two evils at the time, yeah. really, mm. you know, I, un- unfortunately being in the situation that you are, you really don't trust anybody. Mm. And so, um, I had stayed with them for a while. So they were quite a, a running consistent, um, stronghold in terms of love and care. And to be honest, love and care that I hadn't either ever experienced before or, or never had seen in that particular mm. fashion. Mm. And, and to, to the, Today, we still have a wonderful bond. Um, outside of that, it's sometimes a little bit hit and miss, to be honest, yeah. Luke. Um, it's quite an interesting experience. I find that when members of the church are presented with this, the ones who respond better to a scenario like mine have, even, have, have either been like there before mm-hmm. Or have experienced some deep loss to be able to understand what that might feel like. Yeah. Praise God for his wisdom and giving me a voice. I've been able to articulate what I've needed at times. But there are things that I struggle with. I guess at times the lack of inclusiveness, mm-hmm. the lack of mentorship um, in terms That's of... That's such a big issue. It's huge. It's huge. It's huge. Yeah. I mean, can I say that we're millennials and... We're no longer just kids. You know, mm. we're, we've, we've got kids of our own. You know, people are divorcing. People are, are choosing things that are, are good and bad. You know, we mm. really do need mentorship mm. at this stage in our life. Mm. And there's this big gap, right, between us and any, you know, of the higher generations yeah. be- because the culture has been so different for our generation that for whatever the yeah. reason, we don't do communication very well. You know, I think technology has taken away that wonderful ability yeah. and, and potluck lunches. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if we minimize potluck lunches, then we'd all be in each other's houses and, and building wonderful communities. Hmm. So I guess... Ideally, if we knew ideally, what we're supposed to do. Yeah. If we knew what we were meant to do. So yeah. if you're listening to this podcast, hmm. invite Inv- somebody over hmm. who you wouldn't normally invite over and you'll be blessed. Yes, 100%. Um, in many ways. Hmm. So... What are some of the hardest things about church that you wish were different? Yeah. Good question, Luke. I think this one sort of applies. It can be broader. Mm. Um, I'm going to sort of... You take it wherever you want. Yeah, I'm going to probably say, you know, dynamic families. And if I can just say... Yeah. The people that are listening, they want you to be deadly honest. Yeah. So if, if, if you, you want to say, man, the church was just horrible. It just needs to fix itself. You know, that's okay. So like, don't feel like you need to sugarcoat things. No, I'll try that's not to sugarcoat. Be- that's the beauty of podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Less sugar, more yeah. more salt. No. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, just an acceptance. There, there is a lot of things mm. that 
you know, people in my circumstance can't fix. And, you know, there are times where I go to church and I might not be the friendliest person. Um, mm. It's probably because 20 things have happened and mm. I haven't had a chance to talk it over with somebody. Mm. Um, I guess the uh, there's also been, at times, um, you know, the want to do things, um, but at times people go, oh, you know, maybe, you know, she's too busy. Yeah, I am too busy. But I still like to contribute to God's bigger picture yeah. and whatever capacity that might be. I think there's a lot of um, loneliness. I experience a lot mm. of loneliness, mm. especially in the evening, mm. but especially when you're at church and families and couples make their way home mm. and um, you go back to your can of beans, mm -hmm. you know, um, with two kids sort of twiddling your thumbs, mm. hoping for the best that's not to say we haven't experienced some wonderful things mm. but that just seems to be the trend for our little life at this point in time and i'm mm. by no means saying that other people experience exactly mm. what i'm saying this is just what we experience yeah. at times mm. um, i think that's that's worth pointing out because it's very easy for people to get caught up in their own little yeah. you know own little world and not necessarily think about and but the, the thing the thing that i i guess i notice is that I mean, from my perspective, from when I was little, like from when I grew up with my family and now what I, what, you know, Sarah and I endeavor to do in our family is that everything's better when you share it, right? Oh, you know? well and truly. And I think that if as a church, you know, we get got out of our own road and the people that can have people and yes. invite people and host and have be hospitable. Yes. In my mind, the Bible, it's incumbent upon them to do that because that's a gift that God's given them. And not everyone has that. I get that. But if the people that do actually utilize that gift, you know, it would be very, it would be a rare thing for people like yourself to feel loneliness if everyone that had that gift was utilizing yeah, it. Yeah, and it's a, it's a huge gift. I yeah. mean, at this point in time, mm. I fill that gap by at times inviting people to my home. Yeah. I'm bound by, you know, children that need to sleep at a t certain time. Mm. So where I can, I invite people over yeah. to my home mm. and try and, facilitate an environment of all the things that I'd wish to experience mm. out there, mm. but in a way of compensating to actually facilitate yeah. all the things that I'd like to see happen mm. and don't in my own home. Mm. So I try my best to invite people when, over my home when I can, mm. make them feel as inclusive as I can. Mm. Message, you know, if you don't see someone in the pew, mm -hmm. I'd recommend everybody get on their phones and text message that person. There yeah. have been times where I've been away for three weeks and not one person has messaged me. Yeah. And that's really, mm. it's really concerning actually. Um, but and the I'd, bigger the church, the easier that is to do. Yeah, well yeah. and truly. Um, but I would say be inclusive. Mm. Uh, and there's people just like to eat. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I um, can say yes to that. <laughs> yes. People like to eat and... Um, you know, not only keep an eye out for your, you know, independent parent friends, but also your, your single friends mm -hmm. and your um, mm -hmm. elderly friends. They mm -hmm. need love and care. They're just, yep. at times you see them on the outskirts and, yeah. and wish you could just love them a little bit more. So mm -hmm. just mindfulness in how we operate. Mm -hmm. And um, I guess at the end of the day, others have things going on in their lives. But when you get together, you actually half the load by just sharing the fact that you're mm. a real person mm. going through real things yeah 
and a lot of this a lot of this comes down to just being observant being aware yeah. right like i mean i think there's i think it would be fair enough to say that a lot of the people that you would see in a church on any given day it's not that they don't necessarily want to help but they don't know how how yeah. you know and i really like the conversation that we've been having just now because there's a lot of tangible things. Are they not? Are they there? Text them if they're not. You know, yeah. are, are they, you know, have you invited them over recently? And even if you don't want to have people to your place, you know, organize time, go have a picnic together or whatever, exactly. but just do life together to whatever degree, you know, and you were mentioning before, you know, as a, um, as an independent mom, you have responsibilities. And so you need people to help looking after the kids and yes. have babysitting yes. and whatever. You know, that's something that a lot of people can help with. Uh, that's, they, they can and helpful. they do. Yeah. They do. I've yeah. worked out a whole roster system at times. Yeah. <laughs> it's wonderful. <laughs> it's, yeah. It is wonderful. Yeah. It is wonderful. Yeah. Um, I guess um, if anybody's listening um, today and they are an independent parent, I would mm. just recommend you to advocate for yourself. You mm. know, at the end of the day, there's things that people can't do for you. Mm. But if you can articulate and work out what you need, then you're able to at least help people help you. Yeah. Because there's one thing to be able to, you know, wait for people to do things or, or care for you. But if you're able to articulate what that is, then it's filling a, a specific need, yeah. which means that they feel helpful, but yeah. then you've also empowered yourself to do that. Yeah, absolutely. And what about, what would you love to see <clears throat> excuse me, as a, as a church, like, is there anything like corporately that you think that we could be doing better that we're not doing now? We've talked a lot about individually, but corporately, what are the, the um, things that you wish that you would see the churches do? Yeah, I, I guess I would like to see, um, there's a few things that's, yeah. that all my dreams are lying under that yeah. question. Um, I would love to see a resource hub that's specifically geared for people like myself mm. or in similar um, situations. Mm. Um, somewhere where, where there's so much information of what the resources are available for them that they're able to not have to s try and search what they're doing mm. um, and to have that more supported um, help. Mm. Um, I'd love to see a specific ministry that's really, really in touch mm. with that um group of people yeah um i'd like to see camps yeah yeah fully funded camps where parents can actually go and have a holiday with their kids instead of worrying of how the bills are going to be paid mm. or whether or not there's enough food on the table mm. or or you know th there is a lot mm. that you go without in mm. order to facilitate mm. bare minimum yeah and I also want to just highlight that, you know, it's not like when people find themselves in that position that, that you found yourself in, it's yeah. not something, it's not permanent, you know, for the, for, you know, God has led you. And I just thought if you could share a little bit, where are you at now? Like where, where, where is your I, life now? Where am I eight years later? Yeah. Wow. Um, from my humble beginnings of having a set of, um, twins in, in a garage, mm -hmm. um, Look, if, if baby Jesus can be in a feeding trough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the garage is looking all right. <laughs> the garage is fine. Yeah. Um, to 2020 right now, mm. uh, I think 2020 is going to be my year, Luke. Mm. Uh, not because my hopes and dreams have ended here, but I made a commitment 
um, I think as you get older, your your uh, New Year's resolutions become more and more realistic. <laughs> and my 2020 vision, uh, through rose-tinted glasses... <laughs> um, oh, I see what you did there. Yeah, did you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, is to know Jesus more mm. and to seek what he has for my life yeah. um, and to have a happy home mm. and whatever that looks like. Mm. Um, I'm trying slowly, slowly to diminish what my ideas are so that Jesus's ideas can mm -hmm. fully flourish. Um, so 2020, um, eight years on in that time, um, I have consistently worked and studied since my kids have been little. Mm -hmm. And I mean little by four months. Mm -hmm. um, completed two certificate fours, a diploma, and currently um, studying to be a teacher. And that is amazing. Yeah. That's uh, my, huge. My original hope was to study ministry and theology, but when I looked at um, my particular opportunities, my family circumstances, I realized mm -hmm. that I could be a lay person ministering to a group of children every single day and journeying with them. And that's something that will never leave them for the rest of no. their life. <laughs> and yeah. it will never leave me. I get, what, mm. 20 babies every every lesson. Yeah. <laughs> Way to look at it. <laughs> so, pr uh, prim primary? No, no, secondary. Secondary, okay. Big yeah. babies. <laughs> yeah, big babies, right. Well, that, that's where a lot of the, the decisions get made, right? It does. It really is. And I would love to be able to um, share the love of Jesus in a way that's palatable, yeah. that is um, so irresistible hmm. that although at that particular time in people's lives that they can and do make poor choices, um, th that they will always come back to this loving Jesus who can mm. journey through them. Yeah. Um, the Bible speaks about um, Jesus never leaving or forsaking you. And I love that verse because he says, I'm never going to abandon you. I'm your parent. I'm your constant parent. I'm right there. Um, but he doesn't say that he's going to spare us from anything. Yeah. And and the comforting thing about it is, is that mm. the God of the universe mm. who died and bled on the cross is never going to step away from your side. Mm. And I'd love to be able to mentor every day in the classroom mm. to share that Jesus is going to be there. Well, I think that's a really good note for us to to end on. Um, for anyone that was listening, um, if you if you want to um, yeah, if you want to have any of your says or you want to connect with Rose or anything like that, um, by all means reach out to us and we'll be happy to share that if she's happy yeah, to. Yeah, I'm happy. Yeah, and um, <laughs> thank you so much for um, sticking out with us for this whole conversation. I, I, it's been really uh, a blessing for for me to hear it. And so, Rose, thank you so much for being a part of the show. Thank you so much for having me. High five. Thank you. High five. Thank you. And that's the end of another episode. Just before I head off, I want to encourage you to go over to our page on Facebook and also our account on Instagram and follow us there because that is where we interact with our listeners and we would love for you to enter in and join the conversation. Also, while you're signing up, I would also recommend signing up to our mailing list on our website, oztabletalk.com.au. If you do that, you will receive our exclusive content because occasionally we do release exclusives and they only go out to our 
mailing list. So I would strongly recommend you go and sign up for that. If you have a few more minutes to be one of the most amazing listeners on the planet, you can go over to iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review because reviews help us to grow and they help other people to find us. So if you want to help us reach those goals, please jump in and give us a review. The final message that I'd like to leave you with is to let you know about our Patreon account. Now, Patreon is a way for creators to get paid for creating. And ultimately, what we do does cost money to get us hosted and have the services that we need to run the podcast. And so if you'd like to help us do that, jump over onto patreon.com slash oztabletalk and you can you can give anything from even a dollar a month upwards. But at different levels, there are different benefits, different rewards that we want to give you just to say thank you for being an amazing supporter of ours. If you can't afford that, we would just gratefully accept your prayers because that is what our ministry runs on. And so with that, I will leave you to your day and thank you so much for listening to this episode. We look forward to seeing you guys next week.